From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome once again to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will continue this series of studies in the life and earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher Charles Haddon Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Today's text is found in Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 7. I will mention the loving kindnesses of the Lord and the praises of the Lord, according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us. And canst thou not do this? Are there no mercies which thou hast experienced? What though thou art gloomy now, canst thou forget that blessed hour when Jesus met thee and said, Come unto me? Canst thou not remember that rapturous moment when he snapped thy fetters, dashed thy chains to the earth, and said, I came to break thy bonds and set thee free? Or if the love of thine espousals be forgotten, there must surely be some precious milestone along the road of life, not quite grown over with moss, on which thou canst read a happy memorial of his mercy towards thee. What? Didst thou never have a sickness like that which thou art suffering now? And did he not restore thee? Wert thou never poor before, and did he not supply thy wants? Wast thou never in straits before, and did he not deliver thee? Arise, go to the river of thine experience, and pull up a few bulrushes, and plate them into an ark, wherein thine infant faith may float safely on the stream. Forget not what thy God has done for thee. Turn over the book of thy remembrance, and consider the days of old. Canst thou not remember the hill Mizar? Did the Lord never meet with thee at Hermon? Hast thou never climbed the delectable mountains? Hast thou never been helped in time of need? Nay, I know thou hast. Go back then a little way to the choice mercies of yesterday, and though all may be dark now, light up the lamps of the past. They shall glitter through the darkness, and thou shalt trust in the Lord till the day break and the shadows flee away. Remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy loving kindnesses, for they have been ever of old. Thank you. 
In the years 1949 to 1952, a mighty revival took place on the Isle of Lewis off the west coast of Scotland. In the course of those years, hundreds of people, especially young people, were converted to Christ as the Holy Spirit came down in power. The preacher during those days was the Reverend Duncan Campbell, yet what took place on Lewis was not due to his pulpit skills, but to the overwhelming moving of God among the people. Listen to Duncan Campbell's own testimony of what took place. In revival, the community suddenly becomes conscious of the movings of God beginning among his own people. So that in a matter of hours, not days, in a matter of hours, churches become crowded. No intimation of any special meeting, but something happening that moves men and women to the house of God. And you find within hours scores of men and women crying to God for mercy before they went near a church. Let the Bible Speak is happy to make available CD copies of Duncan Campbell's own account of what happened during those revival times on the Isle of Lewis. There is also a CD containing the personal testimonies of people who came to salvation in Jesus Christ during those days. To obtain your own copies free of charge of both CDs, please contact us by email, phone, or regular mail. You may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. By phone, please call 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Or write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That would be Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. You will be blessed greatly as you listen to these accounts of the power of God at work.
On this edition of Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns commences a message entitled, The Unconcealable Christ. In Matthew chapter 15 and in Mark chapter 7, we find the account of Christ and the Syrophoenician woman whose daughter was possessed of an unclean spirit. The setting is a Gentile land and among a people hated by the Jews. Yet the Lord Jesus went there, apparently to get away from the constant crowds for a while. Many times he had said that he was sent only to the house of Israel, leading some to assume that all Gentiles would be lost. However, Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost, both Jews and Gentiles. Mark 7.24 gives the theme for this message. Christ entered into a house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. Even among the despised of the world, Christ's presence is known. Now Dr. Cairns introduces this message, The Unconcealable Christ. Now as we continue looking at the life of Christ, we're reading again two passages that tell the same story, but with slight difference in the words. Matthew chapter 15 and Mark chapter 7. Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. Mark chapter 7, verses 24 to 30. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. His disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now the parallel passage in Mark, chapter 7, verse 24. And from thence he arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Sidon and entered into an house and would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit, heard of him, and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation. And she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said unto her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. And she answered and said unto him, Yes, Lord. 
Yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And they said unto her, For this saying, Go thy way. The devil is gone out of thy daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. Amen. The Lord will add his blessing to the reading of his own precious word for his name's sake. In Mark's account of this episode in the life of Christ that we have just been reading, there is a beautiful statement at the end of verse 24, when he would have entered into a house and would have no man know it. We read, but he could not be hid. He could not be hid. For a number of very good reasons, the Lord Jesus Christ retreated from Galilee after exposing the hypocrisy of the Pharisees, as we noted last Lord's Day, and he visited the regions of Tyre and Sidon. Now, it's very easy for us to read that he went into the coasts of Tyre and Sidon. But this is one of those cases. Another one would be the references in the Gospels to Christ going to Samaria. This is one of those cases where you need to read a little Old Testament history and understand what lies behind such a statement. There was a tremendous hatred that existed between the Zidonians and the Jews, and it was perfectly mutual. And so for the Lord Jesus Christ to enter into the region of Tyre and Sidon would have made him very unpopular with the Jews, especially given that he had just launched the attack upon their leaders that we read of last Lord's Day. But I think it would have made him much more than unpopular. I think it would have exposed him to immediate danger. Recollect what we read in Luke's Gospel, chapter 4, that in his first public sermon in Nazareth, the Lord Jesus had mentioned the historical fact that every Jew had to realize from reading the Old Testament, the historical fact that during a time of intense famine and therefore of great need, there were many needy widows in Israel, but Elijah the prophet had not ministered miraculously to one of them, but had gone instead to a widow of Zarephath, that is a city of Zidon. And miraculously he had ministered to her. As soon as the Galileans in Nazareth heard Jesus mention that fact, we read that they tried to murder him on the spot. So enraged were they at the thought of God daring to minister to a woman of Sidon. Yet, despite the danger, here the Lord Jesus was actually going to Sidon, not merely speaking about it, about it in an historical context, but actually going there in person. Not only going there, 
But like Elijah before him, miraculously answering the cry of his Idonian mother, whose child was in need of the healing touch of God. As I said, the Lord Jesus had good reasons for going there, and I think we can learn a lot about him from his words and works on this occasion. First thing you have to see in here is that he went quietly. He sought no public attention. Indeed, he didn't want anybody to know of his presence. And then we have that word of Mark 7 and 34, or 24, he could not be hid. Even when the Syrophoenician woman had found him and identified him by his name for all who were in her hearing, he still remained silent. And I think one of the reasons is obvious, that the Lord Jesus was still seeking no publicity. Not going into the reasons for that, except to say that, uh, obviously, he and his disciples needed a time of quiet. This was one of those times when, in effect, he said, come ye apart and rest a while. Beyond that, there were times, you'll see them again and again in his ministry, when he did a miracle and he said, keep quiet about it. Because unlike most in the church who think crowds are always a blessing, the Lord Jesus very often realized that the crowds were actually an impediment to his doing his work. And so on this occasion, he sought no publicity. There were other reasons. We have read of his words, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I think those words give us a deeper insight into the reasons why he wanted to remain there quietly. Think of this. Here's his mission. The Father had sent him to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, if that were his mission, in other words, if the time of the bringing in of the Gentiles was not yet come, how could he go to Tyre and Sidon, which were Gentile lands, and do the work of establishing his kingdom there? Now, that's a very big question. It's not just a dry historical question. It's a question that's full of theological significance, and it's a question that's very practically significant to us. It's very obvious that the Lord Jesus Christ was working according to his Father's eternal plan and purpose. There's no denying either the absolute sovereignty of God's plan. You remember Paul quotes Jehovah, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. That's the sovereign purpose and plan of God. On whom does God have mercy? On whom God chooses to have mercy. And however hard that saying sounds to the carnal mind of man, that is God's sovereign and undeniable prerogative. And if he willed, as he did, to send his son first to the Jews and not to the Gentiles, 
That was his prerogative. And it's very interesting when the Lord Jesus in Matthew 10 was sending out his disciples, he told them not to go by the way of the Gentiles, but to restrict their ministry totally within the geographical and national boundaries of the children of Israel. The Lord Jesus was working according to God's eternal purpose. Now you have to see something very simple. Uh, simple to say, that is, but it's on the surface. But how profound it is. When you and I would put this together, God's purpose was to send Christ to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. That's the purpose of God exclusively. Now we see him in the Gentile world, and we see a Gentile, not only a Gentile, but a Syrophoenician, one whose nationality was particularly antagonistic to the Jewish people. Not only a Syrophoenician, but a heathen, as the word translated Greek, it's not speaking of Greek by nationality, it's speaking of her as a heathen. When such a woman comes to him, in a place to which he had not been sent to build his kingdom according to God's eternal purpose, we would put two and two together and say, Jesus will do and can do no work there. But you see, we have got to realize that the eternal purpose of God does not place the restrictions on him that our little minds and theological schemes may conceive that they place upon him. To us, the logic would be irrefutable. God sent you only to the house of Israel. This is a Syrophoenician woman living in Sidon. She's a heathen and a Gentile. Therefore, according to the purpose of God, she is not to be reached with the gospel. But the fact of the matter is that Christ did work there. And he did do his kingdom ministry there. However much it may appear to men to contradict God's sovereign purpose, the truth is it did not contradict that purpose. We must learn something that humbles us here. You know, it's always true when people learn a little theology, they think they know more than they really do. And it's always tragic to see this. When they have their little theological scheme and they can box the infinite God up within the boundaries of that scheme and they think they can tell God whom he can love and whom he can't love and whom he can save and whom he can't save. I believe absolutely that God works according to his sovereign eternal purpose. I believe in the predestinating, electing decree of a sovereign God. But I also believe that it is the utmost folly for me or anybody else to come along and try by my logic to work out how God must execute that purpose. 
You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak.